Do we have a list of all of the character names that were in the game there? Let me see. I kind of I kind of have my top five, you know, like like lay them out on us real quick. I would be the go-to, you know. First of all, like you said earlier, it's got to be Bond. But number two is going to be Xenia on the top for reasons that I've already disclosed. <laughs> she can choke you out with her thighs. That's you, not you in the game, though. At, you ever see that at jujitsu? <laughs> Tomahawk, it's so awesome to see you, man. How are you doing? Your guitars look nice and shiny there in the background. Hey, Vox, it's good to see you too, man. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Those uh, I dusted those yesterday, so oh, <laughs> so they're freshly dusted getters. <laughs> freshly, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh uh, man, I'm kind of sticking to playing one, but uh, I take care of the old ones too. It sure beats those rust guitars, huh? <laughs> man uh, that was so anticlimactic like, like i had been practicing that i was gonna like really wow you i'd set the chords up and everything and when i did it it just went nowhere <laughs> like i don't uh, like it was like the, they changed the controls changed somehow or something but uh, oh, yeah, that's they funny. didn't go very far i think i remember um, when they added instruments into rust that was funny they did like a whole band set up, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, next thing we uh, know, there's going to be a, there probably already is a streamer or YouTuber out there that only does Rust videos around the musical instruments. Yeah, that must be on a PVE server. Cause uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. I, have, I got a message at four o'clock this morning that said uh, I'd been killed in Rust. Uh, someone had broken into our base, apparently. So. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. At least the yeah. new uh, Arc map's coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. I said June is kind of vague, you know. Like, like is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're already halfway through it. Yeah, has to be pretty soon. So, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that. Well, hey, you want to get into this bad boy? Yeah, let's jump into it. All right, let's jump right into it then. Welcome listeners, gamers, non-gamers, PvEers, PvPers, and even NPCs. We don't discriminate. Hey, if this is your first time here uh, checking out the New Wave Gaming Podcast, we really appreciate you. We hope you enjoy it. And if you're coming back to check out our fifth episode, well, hey, we also hope you enjoy it. I'm Ovox. And I'm Chuck Tomahawk. Hey, someone's checking us out in the Netherlands, man. I saw that on Spotify and I was like, oh, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, it seems like there's a, like, I guess I'd never really considered the what the gaming community was like in, in Europe. And uh, we ran into all those folks on that ARC server. And uh, now now uh, we see folks, uh, you know, from Europe on here. It sounds uh, sounds like there's a pretty, pretty interesting oh, the, community oh, there. You better believe they're gaming hard across the pond, brother. Rare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So real quick, everyone. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we have Facebook. If you'd like to, you know, like the page and check us out there. I think it's facebook.com forward slash new wave gaming podcast. We also have an email you can reach out to us at it's ovox and Chuck at gmail.com. That's O-V-O-X-A-N-D-C-H-U-K at gmail.com. 
We also got a YouTube channel up if you want to check us out there. I'm sure you can just type it in, New Wave Gaming. It'll pop up uh, if you're on the YouTubes and not so much on the listening apps. But yeah, we, uh, we thank you for joining us. And today we're going to yeah. get into a... Uh, Today we're getting into a special, special game near and dear yeah. to a, a lot of us. Wouldn't you say, Chuck T? For sure. I, um, I, th- I think, you know, I, I feel like we could make an argument here for the best video game ever. Oh, best video game? I don't know about that. There is a big question, I think, that we want to answer here. And we were actually, before hitting the record button... Tomahawk and I were kind of talking about how to approach GoldenEye 007, released on the Nintendo 64 back in August 25th, 1997. I was 10 years old. How old were you, Chuck T? I would have been about 25. A little bit older than myself. Yeah, yeah, just uh, still on that long plan at college there, you know. Yeah, baby. And in there with that four-year plan. Getting studied up. Nine-year plan. <laughs> Just juicing that brain. Yeah. Working for the um, forest service in the summer and uh, going to school. And Sponging it up, baby. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those yep. are good years. So I think, I don't know about best video game ever, but there certainly is a lot of hype around GoldenEye 007 being the best shooter of all time. And that is... Ladies and gentlemen, that is really what we want to answer with this episode. We want to talk about a little bit of the, uh, about the past, about the movie, uh, the game. We're not going to dive too much into the games that came after GoldenEye 007 on the Nintendo 64. We will talk a little bit about the, I believe it's to be announced tomorrow, release of the remastered version mm-hmm. from, with Microsoft Bethesda. I think they're going to be announcing that tomorrow. So we will talk about that towards yeah. the end of the episode, but I think, what do you say, Chuck T? That's probably a good way to approach this, this video game, this, this uh, legendary game. No, I'm with you 100. percent I think, um, you know, we need to need to kind of dive in there. I, I, I see, I see this game pop up on all the the best of lists, uh, you know, out there, and you know, I, I. I I still say we can make the argument for the best video game ever, um, even, even uh, you know, all things considered. Um, oh, really? But, I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah. We'll have to. Yeah. We'll have to see. <laughs> hey, I'm open. I'm a. I'm, I'm open to it. Uh, but so, GoldenEye 007 again released in August 25th, 1997. I think that was 24 years ago. Uh, Chuck, did you happen to see what the very, very first? Uh, GoldenEye game was? Did you see um, that anywhere in your research? At first, as in like like when they were developing it or, or once it was released or... or no, just the first uh, video game ever with, that was, you know, James Bond related. No, I, 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 I kind of... I, I sort of remember hearing something like that, but I don't remember the, actually what it was. So. It was... A game called Shaken but Not Stirred. <laughs> and it, I think, ah, oh gosh, I don't want to go diving into it's Google. A cocktail but it, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it was released in 1982, I believe. And it was one of those Commodore 64 games, I think, man. I think it was text based, okay. too. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I, I might be wrong. Movements were I might awkward. be wrong, yeah. 
That yeah. was before motion capture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy's running around with the gun. It looks like he has a question, like he's got his hand up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this game was based on the movie GoldenEye 007 that was released in 1995. Yeah. And that was actually... Go ahead, sorry. I can't even go any further without thinking about that song by Tina Turner. Oh, the intro song into the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tina Turner, man. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you moving like that over there, Chuck T? (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know. Gotta get the, you know, it's those uh, that Xena on top, you know, with those thighs, and then then you see uh, see Tina Turner out there, you know. I just I can't help but put two and two together there. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, Xena on top is one of the characters in the game, and we'll get into the characters. We'll we'll, Character. we'll try and isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she can choke you out with her thighs. I mean that. That says character to me. <laughs> <laughs> she probably knows jujitsu. Um, anyways, so 1995 movie was released. Uh, I don't remember. I don't have the numbers here, but it was a hit. And uh, the the franchise they needed a hit because the other movies that had been coming out, I believe with uh, uh, Dalton, um, and I don't remember. I think Moore, Roger Moore, was another one of the James Bonds. Like those. Sean there were a, Connery. Sean Connery. He's, he's James Bond man. He, he was the man and Roger Moore though I think you know when I I think for just about everyone it goes to wh- who the bond was when they were when they first were exposed to it you know it kind of uh, that one seems to resonate with folks yeah and we're just trying to lay groundwork here because if there's any listeners that have never played GoldenEye 007 I feel like this is an important factor to mention is that this was a game based on a movie which uh, came out two years prior to the release of the game, so the hype on the movie wasn't really at its peak anymore. And and the main factor here is that we're talking about a licensed game, like it was. It came from a movie license, right? Mm-hmm. And and up to that point, and still even up to today, you you know, it's hard to say whether a game is going to be that good if it's based on a movie. You know, usually you're usually it's a quote unquote cash grab. Yeah, you know, we saw that Ghostbusters game there on the Commodore 64 that 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 kind of hit the mark and and it's it's almost more the exception than the rule um mm-hmm. that that's going to work out. But um yeah, I guess as I understand it, it was a couple years later and Tomorrow Never Dies that the the next Bond movie was about to come out. And uh so they kind of caught on the tail end of that hype to you know say here's the GoldenEye game. Uh you know, I and, see. And 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 yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I think too, though. I, I think you're dead on when you say, you know, you, you we, have, we have to point out that this was pulled from a movie because you get to be James Bond. I mean, yes. everybody that's ever watched one of those movies wants to be James Bond, or like, you know, you yes. fantasized that, like, you know, you could get, you could, you know, talk to girls in that kind of way, and like, you know 
get away with with you know maybe a thing or two that just blowing up an embassy or something. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> like that's the whole point. Like you want to be James Bond when you're watching those movies. You want his car. Like you want that watch. You know. Yes, <laughs> like, that suit, you want brother. All those things, and like this is as close. It's way closer than watching it. Like you're actually in control, and and you know you hear that music in the background, and like. You know, it, it it's a mood. It's it's a vibe. It, it, yeah. You know, I mean, it, yeah. so so it's bringing a lot to the table. It's not just that, you know, hey, there's been this new movie and maybe it would work in a video game. Like, you know, I think I love the Mad Max movies, but the Mad Max video game man, never did really do it for me, you know. And so, yeah, you see these disappointment type situations, even the Star Wars games at times, like I feel like haven't lived up or, or Star Trek games, you know, that like things that we love. Um, there was a total recall up. game. There was a, a total recall game. Remember with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the total recall movie? Yeah. They made a game yeah, for that, man. And it did. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the movie with the lady that had the three boobs? <laughs> I don't yeah, think that was in the game. It's going bad when they get up there in that colony, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. They're messing people's minds. I remember, yeah. gosh, this is so, just a sign of you know, young, young boy. I remember seeing that movie. And I remember seeing the lady with the three boobs and just, I remember doing a double take, seeing if my parents were around and hitting the rewind button a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is I mean, VHS, yeah. baby. Here we this go. Is, rewind. Yeah. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right? <laughs> <laughs> my sexual bucket list has been expanded. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, Total Recall yeah. is another example, and it it uh, from what I saw, it didn't really do too well. So, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I remember seeing uh, GoldenEye 007 was the very first James Bond movie that I saw, and man, I just remember him cruising in that car that he had that did all these. It had the car had gadgets of its own. You know, he was rolling yeah. around with um, gosh, what's her name? Uh, Natalia, yeah, uh, I think that's her name. We'll get into the characters here in a minute, but I, you know, just cruising around with her, and then he had that suit, man, and he always has that that PPK with the silencer, that you know, that <laughs> nice black polished uh, pistol with the silencer. That loved it, loved it. Yeah. So same thing. When I saw that Nintendo sixty four commercial come up on the TV, it's go time. It, it was just like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. You're doubling down on. It. You're doing chores like nobody. And all you can hear from upstairs is, absolutely not. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man. yeah. My dad was like, "You need one more thing to keep you in the house. It's like, you know, you need to get outside, son. Stack some wood, mow the yard. Yeah, <laughs> go walk the dog or something." Um, yeah. So I swear, I think you might have even understood though if I said I got to be James Bond. Everybody loves James Bond, and imagine if you were one of our listeners over there in the UK. Like, like it's like he's on the home team there. Like he's in the what is it the secret, uh, secret intelligence services, the SIS, what they call that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, or like MI five and MI six. Yeah. Which are offices of uh. I don't know the official name, but I think it's uh, 
special operations services or something to that effect. But it's ultimately MI5 and MI6, which are the intelligence agencies of uh, the UK, I guess, or Great Britain or England. You know, yeah. I'm sure there's technicalities there. And one of them is more like operations and the other one is more like, um, what is it, SIGINT, and, uh, which is signal intelligence and, you know, more like on the intelligence side. Cool stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to well, be James Bond. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, when I when I saw the game come out on the commercials, I went from wanting to be an astronaut to being a secret agent, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bam, right there. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what's not to love? It's the perfect job. I mean, you got like you said you got all the gadgets, you got the car, and I mean, yep. you get the girl, like I mean, it's a, you get to travel. I mean, it, it's it's everything yeah. you could want. Exactly. And, and so, so what did this look like for us? Well, it may have looked different for me because I was a little bit younger. But what did, what, did it, what did this look like for us back then, 1997? Uh, why, why was this so impactful for us? Apart from the fact that it was an opportunity to kind of get into the life of being a James Bond agent type. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? I, I, I think I know. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just, uh, I, I see myself almost taking a little video game journey like, like we've kind of gone on the last, even on some of the last few episodes where like, you know, maybe there I branched out some in the Zork games and things like, like fantasy games. But kind of at the time this game had came out, like I had kind of gone into almost sports games exclusively. I was in a Madden phase of sorts. And, um, you know, I... I was playing those games and, and, you know, maybe would occasionally dabble in some Mario or, or something else over on, on, you know, a little more fantasy based, but, but this, like, like there weren't games that I was really playing the campaign as much in. And, and when I saw that I could be James Bond, like it, it, it opened up this world of this, especially since they went with the first person shooter style that, I've kind of been on ever since. I mean, we were playing Call of Duty a minute ago, <laughs> like, you, you know. So I mean, I mean it, it, yes, it was we are addicted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there was, you know, it, there there was a path that that started right there that that I'm still on. That you know, and, and I don't play Madden. I, I played a little FIFA, but but you know, I I think it changed a course for me in, in video games and opened up. Um, but you know, agreed, agreed. But, but what do you think it was? that did that for you like what was it that what was the like if if you put your if you take yourself back to 1997 pre y2k baby pre pre the world is going to end because computers are going to shut down or something i remember remember all that <laughs> check that oh, out younger yeah, listeners Y2K, type in yeah. y2k you'll you'll get a you'll get a giggle yeah. but anyways wh- we survived it we have we did <laughs> <laughs> so like well, I'll, I'll just go out and say it. I think it was the revolutionary aspect of the game. Because for me, seeing that commercial, I was seeing for the very first time some graphics that I was blown away by. I was seeing a first-person view of the, you know, the of uh, his his little pistol, the I think it's called the PP7 in the game, but in real or is it PP7 or the PPK, something like that. Anyways, I was seeing for the first time a game that was a lot like Doom in that it was first person. 
but the guy was f- like freely moving around and there were explosions and grenades were being thrown. And I remember seeing the image of James Bond pew, pew, shooting at the guy's head and in the character, the AI, the bad guy in the game responded in a very new way that I had never seen before. He didn't <laughs> just like, I, you know, James Bond shot the bad guy and the, and the, the little enemy NPC thing didn't just like bloop, disappear like in a lot of other games I had played like Donkey Kong, Mario, you know, no, we had a, a character here that was emulating being shot in that res- respective body part and reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just seeing all these things in a, in a short brief commercial and my mind is just going. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were like multiple things in, in that we're, we were seeing for the first time. I know I just yeah. went on a rant there. That was kind of long, but no, that was no. that was what it was for me back then. I was just like, what? <laughs> it was like the, there was the I get to be James Bond factor and then in a completely new looking style of game on a brand new yeah. system. Yeah. 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 I, I, it opened up all those doors. You know, I, I think if, if you think about, uh, you know, I think as we were coming down this Nintendo line, like coming from the the Super Nintendo, like you said, it, it was more cartoonish to some degree. But uh, they yeah. brought some folks in. I think one of the smartest things that that I, I think one of the like not not just that we have the James Bond factor, but one of the cool things about those James Bond movies was the or the action and also some of the scenescapes, like like that that the places they went, like where they went there in Cuba to that big satellite dish and yeah, like where, where the, you know, they were actually at that, that giant dam and things. And, and they, the, 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 I, I forget the guy's name, but one of the developers on this game was actually an architect. So I, I feel like we can see that in the game. Like, like there's points that, that he has added to, to the, the creation as they spent, you know, as I understand it, one of the first year was just like creating these scenescapes and, and, you know, they were, if you think of a 2d world versus a 3d world and, and also like an open world, like where normally there might just be this one path that was going to be taken by the character where they had to have, yes. it, you know, to do multiplayer and those kind of things, you had to have this open world. So, so like you said, you had a, a number of things coming together and, and man, they did a good job. Like when he's jumping off of that dam, like it's like, the damn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. And I mean, they took some time with that stuff, dude. I mean, they took a lot of time to make that right. I feel like, and and uh, dude, yeah, it shows. Okay, so we gotta we gotta unpack a little bit of that. So Martin Hollis, he was the lead dude, the lead honcho uh, on this game, and you're right. They did a lot of innovative stuff. I don't know. Some of these things we're going to reference, make it sound like GoldenEye 007 was the first game to have these things. Maybe it was. But, you know, you can double check that on the Googles and stuff like that. But they, these were certainly first time things uh, that we're talking about here. One of them was, yes, like these guys went out to the actual sets of the James Bond movie. They went to the locations and they did a lot of, you know, a lot of development around the actual spots where this movie was uh, created. 
is which like what you're yeah. talking about. So yeah. Mar- Martin Hollis, the lead guy there, he was him and his team brilliant in that regard. Another thing you mentioned was that they had created this kind of a I don't want to call it an open world, but where they were inspired by Doom, they were there was a lot of inspiration behind Doom. Doom was a game that was kind of on a rail, I believe. Mm-hmm. No, no, that was uh, the other inspiration, Virtua Cop. Virtua Cop. Virtua Cop. But the point is here is that they wanted to have a, a freely roaming character that can move left and right and strafe and jump and up and down, not on a rail, not moving uh, in a programmed fashion, but giving complete freedom to the player and showing the, the weapon out in front in a first-person point of view. Very mm-hmm. innovative. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think if you do find a bad part of a review, like like you, I, I don't know that I found a bad review, but let's say the review comes out like 9.7 and they're like, I didn't give this a 10 because people will complain about that they get confused in those missions. It, it, I've heard the, it said that it's, it's, um, it's almost assumed that you've seen the movie and you know sort of you know what what bond needs to do there even though there's a little bit of a, you know instruction there on the mission uh, dossier um you know yeah. so and i and i think like that's one of the consequences of this like up until this point we're used to being on this rail like where it's never a question on where do you go yeah but um you know this game like you've got a ton of freedom you know to bounce around and I think it that that's what you know brings in this replayability, and also is what you know opened the door for the multiplayer uh, deathmatch, which uh, oh, dude, you know, you're, is, is legend at this point. You're hitting on a bunch of fascinating uh, items, I suppose that that came up in researching Goldeneye, and I think it it touches completely on what you're discussing. And there was kind of like a method behind the madness. Of, of that symptom of replayability and that feeling in the game that you're talking about because from what I could find, uh, getting to it, is that they created the maps and the, the, the playing field, if you will, the actual physical maps in the game. They did it backwards. They did it... See, there, there was nobody... F- like, I don't want to... I'm getting all excited. I don't want to get too off topic. We can go back on this, but... To, 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 to touch on that, they were doing it backwards in, in a sense that they built the maps first and then put objectives into them. Mm-hmm. Where most developers at that time, and I think today, uh, you know, I'm not a developer, but they usually draft the objectives first and then build maps around it. So Martin Hollis and his team at Rare, and Rare is in, in the United Kingdom, by the way, this is a UK team. We'll, we'll touch on them real, in a little bit. We'll get, we'll, you know, discuss them, but they didn't really have anyone like saying, Hey, you got to do it like this. You got to do it like that. Um, they had a lot of freedom and it allowed them to create the maps first and then build objectives, uh, achievements, mission completion points, mission beginning points, kind of like at their will. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think one of the, the, the consequences of that one of the 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 
the beautiful things that happened is is they did that three levels to the difficulty. Like once you'd beat the game on the first difficulty setting, you could play it again, and there were different uh, there were additional objectives that had been added, and you could see how that if you had the maps done, and you were sprinkling in those objectives after the fact, like that opened the door for that. If you'd have built the map around it, like you would, it would have changed the game to add additional objectives to, for the next difficulty level. So, you know, I, I see that, that come up in reviews a lot. That was one of the geniuses that they, they actually, it, it behooved you to play that game again. Not only did you, you know, get these additional objectives, you also could unlock cheat codes with, with, you know, doing it on different levels and things like that. There was a ton of motivation there to play it again. Um, you know, number one, uh, yeah. to play it, to, to unlock those things and, you know, also to, to play the campaign and, you know, to play it on all the, the difficulty settings and, and the AI changed, the AI got smarter, you know, as the, the difficulty levels went too. So, um, yeah, I thought that <laughs> I can't help but bring us back to something you mentioned earlier, though, like that you picked up on in the commercial of, of the different parts that the person gets shot on. If you saw like, like I even saw this guy like sneak up behind a guy and shoot him in the ass and like he turns <laughs> around and grabs his ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And he does yeah. a little bunny hop. Yeah, <laughs> like oh my booty <laughs> yeah 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 somebody did like a little meme video it was like uh you know when your friend doesn't cover your ass and and you know, it, it was that guy jumping like oh, the foresight funny. to put that in you know and, and those funny little moments that can develop uh you know when well, you're raining bullets out like that uh, yeah yeah and i think it's important that we we backtrack real quick just to lay some uh, some to to set the scene a little bit in terms of the development team and and kind of like their whole vision for the game because that really evolved on the spot in a lot of ways. These Ooh. things that we're discussing, enemy AI, uh, being on rails versus being a freely walking game where you can strafe right, strafe left, completely control the character. Uh, you know the the, the I, did I already mention the AI thing? Mm-hmm. Of the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah um, just... You know, there's a there's bullet drop when you like when you see the throwing knives. There's actually drop with the just a bunch of different things. Um, so these guys, rare. I think they were working for Nintendo at the time, back then, mm-hmm. and Nintendo had the license for Goldeneye for James Bond w- using the actor Pierce Brosnan, whom appears in the mm-hmm. 007 game. So they had that 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 IP, that intellectual property, and they're like, "Hey, we want to build." I think the you know the owner. I don't remember his name, but the the dude in charge of Nintendo was like a fan of Goldeneye. You know, he's a fan of James Bond. He also wanted to be James Bond. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and he's like, "Hey, who wants to make a James Bond game?" And everyone was kind of like, "Well, you know, licensed games. They don't really do that well." You know. And then Martin Hollis, who's got a total '80s look, man. When you take out pictures of him, he's a cool dude. He looks like a cool dude. Uh, he He's like, yo, let's do it. Let's make this James Bond game. I want to do it. And his condition was, from what I could see in the articles that we checked out, was that he's like, yeah, we'll do this thing, but it needs to be on the new system that Nintendo is going to be putting out, which was the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Only at that time, at that time, it was called the Ultra 64. 
Mm. And these guys, man, uh, Hollis and his team, they didn't have, they didn't really know too much about the Ultra 64, which became the Nintendo 64. They didn't have a development kit. They didn't have a controller for the thing. They were using a modified Sega Saturn controller. Yeah. And they were building the game essentially on a huge silicon graphics like refrigerator sized computer kind of just winging it bro can you imagine <laughs> that like nowadays yeah, that just, would not fly for game development oh yeah guys yeah. go ahead just uh yeah just, just develop it yeah go for it <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? I, I read a little bit about that too where where you know they just sort of assumed what it would probably have and and you know what the next generation of consoles were 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 sort of about and and made their best guess at it and and had to have uh, some flexibility in there for for once they got those specs and yeah yeah that'd be tough i i could see that being you know an excuse someone would use as why a game didn't work out you know rather than you know it, it almost seems like a, a place where the chips were stacked against them in a little ways uh there had to have been the, yeah there had to have been people uh, in rare you know in the larger scheme of things within rare or within nintendo apart from the actual like head dude because he obviously wanted to have a james bond game but there had to have been folks that were just like, I don't know about this James Bond game these guys are making, man, because <laughs> they're doing everything backwards. They're creating the maps before the objectives. Uh, it's a licensed thing. It's probably not going to be that great based off of other games that come out this way. Uh, there's only like 10 dudes on the team, and eight of them have never made a game before. We haven't mentioned <laughs> that yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I saw conflicting numbers from like... 12 people on the team, 10 people on the team, but I don't think there were ever more than about 10 people on that team, including Martin Hollis, the lead dude. And only two of them had worked on games before, which were Donkey Kong Country and Killer Instinct. Both were dope games. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read like Hollis was like the second in command on the, the, the arcade version of the, the Killer Instinct. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, they had an architect in there. They had some other guy, I think that had, had just transferred from like he was a lawyer or something. Well, um, there was a biochemist. Is that who you were talking about? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. David, yeah, uh, David profession. Dirk, I think Yeah, and he, he was actually <laughs> in the game as a kid. <laughs> Doke so, maybe was his Doke, name. Doctor uh, Doke. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's there's all these little things that came together that are just so strange, especially in today's standards. That it's just it's so cool, man. I mean, I can you know I, I, I'm sure you know you you've you've experienced this too. Like at times I've been with with like say trying to accomplish something with a group and and there's something to be said for for being an underdog and and kind of having nothing to lose. You know like like I can remember, you know maybe a high school football game going into like playing a bigger school and you know it's really ex it being expected that we lose there's there's a kind of looseness there that 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 kind of fosters creativity, you know trick plays and things that we might use and and um, you know, we tend to still get our ass kicked ultimately <laughs> when it was over, but it, it, you know, I can see how there's some, some freedom there, um, you know, yeah. that, that, that allowed you to go into new places, uh, you know, that, cause you kind of have these things that maybe you could, that you can point to that, you know, why it shouldn't go well. So why not, you know, let's try this other stuff too, you know? And, um, yeah, man. And I just, like, if, if any listeners hear this that have never played Goldeneye before, or that are younger, uh, you know, 
I'm not going to go out and say that it's going to be the funnest game that they've ever, you know, dabbled with, but I feel like it's an important game to to try and play just for, you know, the historical purpose of it or sense of it, looking back and 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 just looking at these mechanics in their in their birth, if you will. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but but a lot of these things were so new. And I, n- now that we've kind of like painted that background and we've, you know, we got this team of young developers that were mostly just hired, like just fresh off the, off the, you know, gaming market. They were brand new. Got Martin Hollis kind of leading the show there. They have a lot of bandwidth to try new things. Um, and at the same time, there's a lot working against them. You know, the movie had already been out for two years. They didn't have a development kit of the Nintendo 64 until late in the game. Um, what are some of the things, Chuck T, Tomahawk, what are some of the things that, that came out of this creative freedom that they have? We've mentioned a few of them, but maybe now we can be more surgical about like touching on some of these amazing things that maybe weren't the very first time that they ever appeared, but were certainly like... Uh, that made their their momentum, you know, in in GoldenEye 007. Yeah, you know, a few things come to mind. One, one of the first is the the sort of aim assist. Yes, I, you know, I, I think yes. it may it, it added for playability, like like, and they also, you know, I don't know that I recognized that that it existed. They implemented that in a way that it's it still seemed like I was controlling all of the shooting, you know, and I, and I wonder how the, how that programming looks because you do miss a lot, but, but I think after the first miss or two, especially if you've gotten fairly close, it, it adjusts for you and it kind of enables this sort of run and gun feeling that if, if just left to its own mechanics, like say if, if like you're probably familiar with how the, uh, the aiming works on the sniper rifle with this, this game, like where it's more yep. free like that. Like, I, I don't think you could run through the enemies quite like that. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been added to every game since I, I feel like I, I, you know, going back to, to war zone and that kind of thing, I, I think, especially on the console side, there's there's some aim assist there. It's subtle. It's still subtle, but yep. it's there. You you know, and and I, I think that was that was definitely you know one of the main ones. Uh, that, and that, so uh, important, so important, yeah. because the Nintendo sixty four controller only has one analog stick. You know, and there's I only think one it, stick it, on there. Well, and and I think it it pointed out to us that we needed another one. Like, like yes. when you saw that character coming through there, like like kind of with both of his shoulders turning when he was <laughs> aiming, like, 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 must have a sore <laughs> neck. <laughs> yeah, and you had to like you know to get your whole body over there to kind of get that angle on that gun. You know, um, you know it told us that we needed that, and and as I understand, it, there was a mode where you could use two controllers. And, and oh I, yeah, I, I heard about people doing that, but I think that yeah. was like a complicated feat, man. It wasn't like a simple thing to do. I don't think. I don't yeah, know. I want to say there had to be some mod go down there to to get that that going on, but uh, you know, I, I I think 
the way I view that in this case, it, it let us know that we needed that. It, it, it didn't exist in the, in the, in the controller that came out with the N64 and it let us know that we needed it. It, it didn't, it, yep. you know, and, and we have it now, like, you know, we've got dual oh. analogs. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, we do. And, and I think you're a hundred percent correct. Um, GoldenEye absolutely had to have had an impact on that, on the, like, overall understanding of that okay we have two opposable thumbs maybe we need two thumbsticks or joysticks on the controllers and it was certainly evidenced in um in goldeneye turok dinosaur hunter came out like half a year before goldeneye did so another first person shooter turok was so fun but it was probably another game where we got a chance to see that maybe dual analog sticks was going to be the way to go and then the auto aim component Man, if anyone out there uh, can, you know, send us confirmation of this or like somewhere where it clearly shows what the first game was, please do. That'd be great. I was looking for it hard. I could not find it anywhere. But man, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think GoldenEye is the very first, GoldenEye 007, Nintendo 64, of course, is the very first game with aim assist. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think it was. I, I feel like I it was presented to me that way in 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 a video that I saw you know that I would that I didn't necessarily vet that but um, you know I took it I don't remember any other game of that nature and, and you definitely feel it um, and like even now I feel like if we if I went in to play uh, Warzone on my PS4 and I went in there and turned that off I'd I'd miss it you know tremendously especially like facing off on folks on PC. Um, yep. So, yep. Yeah. You know what else? What's another I, I game think, breaker, or not game breaker, but a, uh, you know, well, the multiplayer, man. I mean, the that that. We, multiplayer I think we should hold. We should hold that to experience. the end, don't you think? Because that's well, kind of the main. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Let's get yeah. into it. Let's get hey, into it. You know, I, I mean, I think we, could, you know, just in the context of your question of of what what are the things that that were were that they did first or new you know we we can mention it and we can we can go deeper uh you know a little bit later cuz uh, cuz i feel like too we we've sort of at, we've presented this question of best video game ever possibly and um you, you know all these factors ha- have to lay out there like i think we even have to think about the definition of best like you know it can be a bit of a subjective thing you know I, it certainly I, is I, yeah yeah yeah, so um you know I I I think like maybe the Webster definition of best is is of the of the most excellent, effective or desirable type or quality. Mm, mm. So Yeah, well, look, we've opened it is the most m- excellent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the can is open. Let's talk about the multiplayer component. So in the in the in the context of that creative liberty that these guys had in rare you know they 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 faced some setbacks they certainly did i mean they didn't have a development kit <laughs> you know uh they faced some setbacks they faced some delays and they did the de- game did get delayed and one of the reasons it got delayed a bit is because i think like during the phase that the game was basically done they were just doing little polishing things and you know they were just kind of pimping it out finalizing it i think they were two months from release or something like that don't quote me on that but one of the team members said hey uh a a gentleman i think it was 
Doak, actually. I think it was David Doak. Somebody was pushing Nintendo to have four controller ports because they were seeing a lot of the of the hype and the clout around games like, what was it, Mario Kart, where there were multiple players, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, wanted to, they wanted to have that for GoldenEye. So, uh, or no, that wasn't the, that wasn't the, the timeline of things because the Nintendo 64 hadn't come out yet, but they, they knew that it was going to have four controller ports. So they decided within the last months of re- like before releasing the game, Hey, let's add in multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, yeah. a, it was like a whim, you know, like, Hey, why don't we add this thing real quick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it yeah, changed I, it I for so- it. Like it was so huge when they did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I took it like. You know, he just glanced over and saw those four ports and was like, I'm not sure you know what we could do. Because <laughs> you, know? you do have games, like, like it's pretty rare for a game to hit that just right. Uh, I, I'm thinking of Gauntlet, like that arcade version of Gauntlet, like at times four people at, at our local arcade. I, I'd mentioned before that that place, Charlie's, like, man, that was fun. And, and you'd be waiting for your turn, like to get in there with a the group and... Uh, you know, it would it would call you out like like I remember it'd be like elf shot food. <laughs> be like fuck. Oh shoot, man! You know the only other game that I really remember having like a a team scenario thing going on. Well, no, there's plenty of games out there, but you know, Metal Slug comes to mind a lot. Mm-hmm. And look, we there's a couple more yeah. things that I wanted to touch on, but let's let's keep talking about this multiplayer. Um, y- yeah, it, and and is in the context of of things that that sort of this game did first. Uh, you know, I I, I I I think even though it was added as a whim, like it opened up like the multiplayer. Like I think we saw the first stream snipers like go in there. <laughs> <laughs> like we saw all sorts of things. Like, like a can of worms was opened. Um, you know that 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 experience of, you know, the places that people played these in dorm rooms and, and, you know, where you would have this group of folks watching the other people playing the game, like that we just hadn't saw before. And it, it brought people together in a, in a really cool way. And yeah, you know, and it had a bunch of modes. It wasn't just like multiplayer and it, it started and you and whoever happened to be there was, you just play. They had, a classic deathmatch. They had a mode called You Only Live Twice. Yep. They had a mode called The Living Daylights, which is like a flag tag. The Man with the Golden Gun. License to Kill. I mean, these like four different modes right there. And then there were scenarios where you could play 2v2, 3v1, or 2v1. That's where the battles really started. Absolutely. And and you see some of these modes in the multiplayer on, on modern warfare today. Like there's a capture the flag type situation, you know, that's similar to one of those modes that, that you only die twice. I wish they would bring that in. Like, like, you know, that would almost be like a middle ground. I, I guess with the gulag on Warzone, we kind of do die twice. So, so yeah, yeah, you know, like, like maybe some sweet spot where it's, um, you know, kind of a, you're dead, you're dead on resurgence, like it's kind of like that. So, so yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's sort of a sweet spot between you only getting one life and, and unlimited lives, um, you know, somewhere in between there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the developers were, when they were trying to come up with these modes, maybe they were just looking for inspiration within the same, uh, 
um, story that they were working on. You, you know, yeah. you only live twice, or you only what is it? What's the name of these things again? Uh, you only live twice. The man with the golden gun. License to kill. All of those game mode names are inspired by the same story that they're working on. So, I think yeah. very creative, very clever. Um, do you have any? Just real quick, just for fun, do you have any multiplayer stories or or like memories or like a single moment that you remember where you were just like, yeah. God, this game, what is going on? You know, I, I have to mention uh, that at some point I, I was at work and uh, we um, we we were there there on, on a hotshot crew and we had like twenty guys together and uh, we had all come from different places in the United States and and we were based there in Mississippi and and they had sent us out to Nevada. And uh, we'd been out there for like 21 days, I think, and we we got like a sort of a, a we'd we'd been fighting some fires, and, and it kind of calmed down. And they had us at this staging area, and uh, you know, boy, uh, idle hands are the devil's workshop. So you know, you kind of had to have something for us to do, even though we were kind of <laughs> resting or whatever. So so they brought in this uh, Nintendo 64, and uh, so you. You know, not every single person on the crew was into it, but there were probably about, I would say, 10 or 12 of us that were, and we all packed in this one. It was They had us uh, set up at this school in Pioch, Nevada, and um, we were all just, like, piled in there playing this game four on four, and you had, you know, at least two teams waiting to get on. Damn. And, yeah, Damn, just, bro. you know, <laughs> you know it, it almost seems to, like, in these multiplayer games, like... Was there ventilation know, in there? <laughs> it was like a classroom, so so there was a good bit of room. Like, we had, a, like, oh, cool. a, you know, everybody okay. had chairs and, and things, and, uh, yeah, we were just all, you know, giving each other hell. Like, like, it always seems like there's one person in a multiplayer that can't find a gun, you know? Like, like there's one guy that's got, like, every good gun, and then there's the one guy like he can't even find the club like he's just roaming around you know like with his fists out and like you know we're dealing, like it's almost like we're embarrassing the this isn't fair. <laughs> you're just like yeah you're just on, like man. get like, good brother yeah yeah i mean in the in the competition in this room was absurd, such that if you'd have done that for too long somebody might have took that controller from you <laughs> it'd been like you know your turn's over man like so so it was kind of tense and, and uh you know we had a blast and I, I i just remember it being like you know the clout that that i i felt like you know i did okay i don't think i did the best but i definitely proved myself in that game and oh my like God, it carried dude. on like like it carried over into real life like you know back out on the forest <laughs> like, like the <laughs> northwest like, corner of nevada's burning down where's fire team one yeah. where's the ammo where's like, the ammo holy shit we need to get this g on the gps who can do it it's like junk beat boy beat golden eyes <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Like, <laughs> so, God, man. no, yeah, yeah, no, just a great memory, man. Uh, I, you know, I think. Um, so it basically kept you guys like, uh, you know, occupied, occupied, kept your minds occupied, kept you guys all like squared away and chill while killing time, fighting fires. Yeah, like like a staging sort of situation, waiting for the for the next one to come. You know, it had kind of been a. A rainy couple of days, and, and it was just a situation where, where you know, we could kind of let our hair down a little bit, and uh, 
they have like um they had some movies and things like that that uh you know kind of relax folks but uh but that's my best memory of that you know in did, college did they have tremors gotta, did they have tremors uh, in the box of movies i i, I don't remember know why. some robin williams movie and we also watched major pain like major <laughs> pain was the <laughs> Movie, yeah. man. He spares no one in that movie, and um, yeah, a lot of my friends grew up there in Mississippi. Uh, uh, you know, they they're just they love to cut up all the time anyway. So it, it just you know it, it, we were quoting that movie and you know giving each other shit about that video game, and uh, yeah, just had a good time with it. And uh, it's really one of my favorite memories of this game, and why it's kind of cemented in um, into my memory as as you know a really fun one and and you know possibly the best that, that i've ever played but uh i i and, and i think that's why that's important that we mention in, in in this context of like things that it did first that multiplayer and getting those four folks uh in the game is something i've tried to capture ever since so yeah, yeah man so. gosh the well the multiplayer without a doubt is one of the hugest factors of the game it's one of the hugest factors of the game's success. I don't, we'll have to pull this up here in a moment, but I think, you know, all of the game's success largely was because of the multiplayer. And something that we haven't really mentioned that I think is like huge, especially for younger gamers to like actually just kind of think about is like there was no such thing as, you know, well, I mean, there may have been, but I don't remember there, I don't think online gaming was even a thing yet. 1997. No. Anyone that you no, played multiplayer with was sitting right next to you, mm-hmm. and that that game could make or break relationships. Man, I never I never saw any like super gnarly scenarios, but like I just think about gaming today. You know, I think about Warzone, I think about Fortnite, I think about even Ark and the uh, the multiplayer environment, and just how mm-hmm. toxic it can be. You know how how, yeah. how how amazing it can be, but also how toxic it can be. And in, like part of me is just like, man, I don't know if we want to have like the newer generations of gamers playing GoldenEye sitting next to their teammate. There might be like some crazy shit pop up. You know, when you got that death chat sitting right next to you, man, it's like I don't know about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody might be swinging there before it's all over. And and, and I kind of hit on like like as much as I have that great memory of that. I'm not kidding you when I say like if you were running around long enough without a gun, somebody might have said like let me have that thing. You know? like, you'd have had to like fight to keep it. So. Oh man, that's something. Yeah, I think that's a huge yeah. factor. You know, sitting together it, versus sitting across the world from your co-players. Right. I'm thinking about too, like, like just how, you know, it's almost like there's this online world that we play these things in that, that allow people that freedom to, you know, maybe talk crap like they wouldn't necessarily have the confidence to do in person. And, and boy, those rules are, are, you're right there in that room together. Those rules are there. Like, you know, I mean, Dude, I sent you that one video of that one guy getting hyped up. I think I might let him win if we were uh, we were in the same room together. He kind of he was giving me those Denzel Washington crazy vibes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, training day vibes, man. <laughs> Do you have what it takes, Chuck? T? Yeah, he got hyped up, and I was like, "Whoa!" I, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't talk a lot of crap to that dude. I don't think if if I was winning the war zone, so. 
I mean, went into in, in the multiplayer on this game. So, yeah, that's a factor. One interesting thing, I you know, you know at some point, I, I think that when they were working out the reload for this, they, they thought about having to have you take the rumble pack out and put it back in. Did you read that? Yeah, I was just going to read that, actually. Uh, that's, <laughs> man, I'm glad they didn't do that because that kind of would have been a little, like, a little douche, you know what I'm saying? You got to obligate everyone to buy the Rumble Pack just to reload. Brilliant idea, though. It, it's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, like and the reason I brought that up is like this barrier, this online, like, like it was another way to kind of bring it into real life to some degree. I, I felt like it would have worn out. Like Nintendo just hadn't made those things to be jammed in and out over and over. I mean, like you think about four people playing all night long yeah. uh, in an all night dorm session. I mean. Like, yeah, but it would be funny and it does make me wonder, like, what would that be like in Warzone? You know, if I was over here, like, you know, you heard me (laughs) knock my drink off the counter here in my house. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So let let me read this real quick. It's a it's it's an article from 2020 on uh, com, And it's a. 10 interesting facts, I think, about GoldenEye 007. And yeah, it says right here, number two out of 10, reloading almost, almost required rumble pack insertion. Both Nintendo and Rare have been known for pushing boundaries with game-related innovations, certainly during the 90s. Given the ambitious pedigree of the British studio, it shouldn't be too surprising that they were exploring unique control methods with GoldenEye. Yet few could imagine just how obscure and distinct one of their initial concepts was. At one point, Rare had thoughts towards implementing a realistic-feeling reload by way of making the player actually reinsert the rumble pack into the controller. It would certainly have helped emulate the experience, though probably would have been quite annoying and cumbersome in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... And and if I... I don't know. I've, when, when we got the Nintendo 64, it didn't include the rumble pack? If I remember correctly, maybe I'm wrong. If it included it, you know, that wouldn't have been too, you know, too bad. But if it if you had to go and buy the rumble pack just to be able to reload in Goldeneye, that would have been kinda you know, it would have needed to have been an option. Do you know where we live? You know we would go like there in, in Mexico and in East Tennessee, we'd have figured something you could jam in and out of there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't buying that thing. Give me a paper clip and some cardboard. I'll go find a duct tape. (laughs) I'll go walk outside and look for some palo de arco or something like that. You know, some dried cacti. And then there'll be a dry piece of choya sitting around here I can jam up in there. Yeah. Never mind. I don't know the first thing about electronics. I'll just stick some (laughs) shit. Just put this right in here. (laughs) Yeah. Get a gum wrapper and a freaking, like a paper clip. I can make this happen. You know. It would, it would have been somebody would have figured it out, you know, and then the word would have spread. So, yeah, I'm sure there'd have been some kind of somebody would have figured out a workaround uh, for that rumble pack. I would say. <laughs> Man, I still find it fascinating that they were using a Sega Saturn controller, you know, during most of the development of the game. Yeah, that's fascinating. Testing, yeah, yeah. So. Is there anything what else was very innovative and new? Um, you know, some of the things that I can think about that I remember just going like, God, I love this game and just playing through it and coming back and back and back and playing it over and over and over again was 
the fact that it had objectives, right? Like you, you couldn't just, you didn't just start the game and move forward, kill the bad guys, and then you got to the end, kind of like as if you were on a rail. We, we talked about that earlier. But there were actual objectives, and you couldn't complete the game until those objectives were completed. That was dope. That was yeah. innovative. Right. Yeah, and I I like that they left it just a little vague on how it got done. You know that that kind of added to that mystery of it, and um, yeah, I could see why. Um, and you had to go to the watch. It? You had to open up the watch menu, man, which was another <sighs> right. I mean, inside the watch, yeah. you'd, you'd hit the start button, I think, and the and James Bond's left arm would come up, and you'd see a watch, which I don't <sighs> think any other game had ever done before. And inside that, you could look at your objectives. I think you could look at like Intel. You could, you know, save game and all that stuff. And there were a few other things you could use. It had a list of like specialty devices that could use. Do you remember the watch laser? <laughs> yeah. You could watch up and laser shit, boy. <laughs> Dude, I want that watch today. Like, uh, I. <laughs> I, I I think I even looked up like like the watch that James Bond has on in the the uh, the movie is actually made by a company called Omega, and I think it's called the Seamaster, and uh, it it doesn't do the things exactly like it's more like a diver's watch it looks like, but uh, it's nice and dude I think that thing will set you back about three grand right now. So no, don't do yeah. it, Tomahawk. I know how you are, man. No, dude. No, I w- if it was like the one in the game, I- I- I'd do it right now. Why are you like, opening but- up that website on the other screen? No, Tomahawk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and we got to mention right there when you hit that button, like like when you ta- started talking about what you were seeing, I started thinking about what you were hearing. Like when that pause music thing came on, dude. I mean, it, it kind of lulled you into thinking, like, this is just going to be the regular James Bond thing. And then all of a sudden, like, some, it, it just had this, like, somebody freestyling on a keyboard or something in the background. That, that was really good, man. That pause music, I, I think the song is actually called Watch. Like, is legendary, dude. I, I mean. I think a lot of GoldenEye fans and, uh, and and otherwise would agree that the the soundtrack and the score of the GoldenEye 007 game was perhaps even better than the actual movie. It was amazing. It contributed yeah. to the feeling of you were in the game, that you were James Bond. It, it did. It really did. And I feel like this this watch music was the the pause music was my absolute favorite. There. there you know, I'm gonna throw a hot take in here, like like a little controversial. Is they there's kind of a whininess to that that like the just the general like theme that's playing in the background during the multiplayer that you know I I become aware of it being eight bit sort of sound like you know just to some degree. But man, that pause music, like I feel like dancing when I see that. Like I want to do g- like one of them Fortnite dances. I see. I see. Well, how did it go? Ding 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 ding. You're just scrolling through your watch, looking for the the laser or the proximity mines. Dude, there's tons of TikTok videos where people are like, they're pausing it and they're kind of walking away, and then it catches them. They're like, dang. 
there's even one that's got uh it's got jay-z in the studio and like, oh, like he's 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 doing some other things but they've got they've synced up the head bobs with it with that music it's oh and incredible. he's just head bobbing to the james bond tune i love it yeah yeah oh yeah. man i think there's a huge thing that we kind of stepped over and that was the stealth elements of the game this mm-hmm. here, here's another potential first huge asterisk on the potential but it was perhaps the first game with these stealth elements yeah well, you I, know i, I don't I, know it, it, it maybe not the first because i think that playstation had already come out and i think they had games out already I, don't quote me on this but i think metal, metal gear solid may have already been out I think maybe Siphon Filter had already uh, been out, and those games definitely have stealth to them. So don't quote me on that, but it really, it certainly did bring the stealth mechanic to Nintendo 64. I think if it did have it, you were on a rail, like we talked about earlier, and and it kind of, you know, it took something out of it. Man, there's that one part in this game where you're climbing through those uh, HVAC vents, and you come in and shoot that dude in the head in the when he's on the pooper. in the shitter there, man, <laughs> great day. Like you feel like James Bond. Oh, man. Dude, I, mean, so- I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know something interesting. I read uh, of one of the ways they accomplished this is uh, when they had programmed in that when you fired your pistol, in, in it, there was a radius that went out that alerted all of the AI in that area that that you know. To, to come and get you but if you fired it a second time that circle increased and if you fired it a third time it increased yet still so it, it just think how how nuanced and realistic that is so so if you just shoot that one time with the silenced gun or even one time with the regular gun it's it, yeah like maybe one bad guy heard maybe yeah it's it's not an all or nothing kind of thing. Like I remember a lot of these games that did have some stealth element, especially to a mission. Once you had alerted everybody, it was pretty much over. But this, like you know, you could kind of maybe it go a little awry, but you know, you kind of pull it back together with just being real slick and you know with your shots. Yeah, dude. And you could destroy the alarms and shoot out the cameras. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Did that not make you feel like James Bond? Well, it tied you into that environment like that. You know, we talked about these beautiful visuals and scenescapes that they had done bringing in the architect and everything. And, and you know, you were suddenly interacting with those alarms and, and things in a way that we hadn't quite saw. Like it is definitely another innovation that um, you could blow all kinds of stuff up in that game. Dude, locks, alarm buttons, glass, boxes, computers proximity mines Dude, like blowing shit up left and right man <laughs> matter of fact i remember tell like me and fist pump my brother we just like go into multiplayer and just be like what's up brother rockets only rockets only <laughs> and we just you remember that rocket launcher dude oh, you remember yeah. that thing it was long and gray just stick like to half the screen <laughs> and when you'd fire it it would make this weird like This weird sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these explosions. Oh gosh, so much fun, dude. Pepe, he's still deadly with that RPG. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. About it. So yeah, yeah. So, he still uses that, that. Makes me have to ask, like, like, what do you feel like your best memory of this game is? Like it, oh, you in, know, in I was life. 
I feel like it has to include Pepe to some degree. <laughs> Fist pump, Pepe tortilla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of my best multiplayer memories are playing GoldenEye 007. Absolutely, for sure, 100% hands down. But I think my my best single nostalgic new wave gaming memory, uh, if I could say that, new wave gaming memory, you know, <laughs> is just the the way the game actually really did, while in that moment, make me feel like James Bond. And and I, I, mm-hmm. I, I say that and it sounds kind of like shallow, like, well, yeah, man, you and all of us, bro, you know, welcome to the club. But like, yeah. it, it was so depthful with me in that like, I would literally only try and play the game using the PPK or the PP7, you know, with mm-hmm. the black silencer. I tried to like, yeah. I tried to literally like, only play as James Bond, like Pierce Brosnan would. So like, yeah. I would if if I had the the black PPK with the silencer, I would only use that. Even if I had access to the the you know the game the, the guns in the game had different names for legal purposes back then. They had to like change the names. Um, mm-hmm. But like you know, I would never pick up the AK. I would never pick up the the Mac Ten and you know the RCP ninety. Uh, unless unless that was the only thing available, I would really try and deliver myself into the storyline mm-hmm. and, and not play as a player, but I would try and play as James Bond. Yeah. And 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 those are that's my single like just every time I remember very well just turning the game on and just going, All right, it's time to go save the world. <laughs> You know, one of the smart things I think they did right there of that, even though we're in first person, you know how it shows it as a third person for just a second? Like, like you, yes. it, it's almost like you feed into his head. Like, like it kind of, it, it, it ties into exactly what you're saying. Like, like it kind of put you in that character and you know, and, and I had mentioned it earlier is one of the things this game brought to the table is you get to be James Bond. Like, I mean, in these movies, it been going on for a minute and <laughs> like, yeah, this is as good as it gets. Like, cause there's kind of this weird concept. I, I remember, you know, being around 25 years old at this time, figuring out what I was going to do with myself and, and you were you fighting know, I, forest fires, man. What are you talking yeah, about? You were doing a lot I, more than a know, lot of but, folks were. But I, I can remember, I can remember uh, you know, as, as things were kind of taken off with that and, and just getting out of college, like, like, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of figuring out your identity and, and, you know, I just, my dad had this narrative of that, you know, I think it's me and my buddy Alex kind of playing this video game. Like, you know, I think if we were sitting there and we were being, you know, we were like toe jam and Earl or something like <laughs> it's one thing, but I mean, we were James Bond. Like, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> get off my back. Yeah. <laughs> Did I mention that you get to be James Bond? <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. When was the last time you got to be James Bond? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's also this concept, I feel like, you kind of get out of these games what you put into them, and, and it sounds like you bought in, you know, a whole hog. And, and uh, you know, I've kind of mentioned that in, in uh, some of the, like, survival games we play and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you really put yourself in that character and, and sort of accept, uh, you know, your role in that uh, that universe, it can be a fun experience, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really can. Um, gosh, I'm just I'm trying to think of what what was your favorite level, Tomahawk. You know, I I feel like, and and I'm talking campaign. I I, I hear you. I, I you know I'm going to say facility most likely. Same here. I, yeah. I, I think just like like comes to to mind, you know, most of all. But um, I have to say, like, I you know, even though I've talked about like kind of the replayability, like I probably f- went through the campaign, you know, two or three times at, at most, and and you know, spent a lot more time in that that multiplayer. And I think it it kind of you know, especially as it came back to replayability, like say if I was sitting down at this game in 2000, 2001, you know, type time frame, like it mostly was some friends were over and we were going, I'd convince them that this was going to be a good time. And, you know, secretly thinking like I'm about to just jack y'all up and, um, you know, it, it, that's where it went for me. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like, um, in most multiplayer situations, especially, I like a world that's a little bit smaller, like like you know Nuketown type situation shipment there on on Modern War. You know, I I like it to be a yeah. little more you know up close and personal. So the larger levels that you know you had room to run around like Aztec and and whatnot, I I just uh, you know they weren't my favorites. Yeah, yeah, that facility was. And just to, just to make sure my memory's not failing me here, but that's the one, right, where you're in the vents and then you come down on top of the guy and, yeah. You can die in a bathroom, which is really one of my life goals. Like, <laughs> Gosh, man. Yeah, that was so much fun. And I remember, I'm trying to think of some other gadgets. We had the, we had the laser watch. Proximity mines, timing mines. James Bond had a BMW in this one instead of the Aston Martin. Like, um, that's a little different. I, I, I have to say, I like the Aston Martin maybe just a tad bit better, but that German engineering is hard to beat. So, did he have a, a actual vehicle in the? I don't know that it appears in the game. It's definitely in the movie. They spend yeah, a good bit of time in the, in the movie, like like with him, you know, being shown it uh, by the folks there at. Uh, MI6, uh, I think it is, especially the older guy that's in there. I forget his his name. Um, but what uh, what do you feel like you're – I mean, I guess you've already said, James, you know, you were embodying James Bond, but if you had to play another – if I already snagged James Bond in the multiplayer, who are you going to? Damn. Am I able to activate cheat codes and use secret players? Yeah, I want to get all of them. Jaws. <laughs> I'm going to pick Jaws because if I pick Odd Job. You're a damn cheater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, gamers, I, I wish you could you see insist. Tomahawk's face when I said that. He gave me the evil eye. <laughs> you damn cheater. Kind of reminds me of your art character. He's quite a short little guy. <laughs> why? Why? Hip, why would that make me a cheater? Box. Why would that make me a cheater, Tom Hawk? Tell everyone. It's unfair. You had to aim down to hit him. Like he's shorter than everyone. Jaws is actually taller than everyone, as best as I remember. But odd job. 
it's almost like they got him. Like he's not like that in the movie exactly. He's not that much shorter. So I, I, I don't know. But just the fact that you had to aim down to hit his little. You feel like it's unfair to odd job. Yourself. He got a bad rap, man. Everywhere I look, every every uh, Golden Eye 007 page, it just says if you use odd job. You're, <laughs> you know, you're, uh, you know, you're cheating. Yeah, and, and and it's like if I press you on that and you still stick with the odd job, you're hiding something. You're hiding some, <laughs> like, you know, inability that, you know. There's something we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can already see it. Like, I, I pick odd job, you know, click, I pick them, and then you, like, you turn the game off and you, like, turn around in the chair and look at me like, what's wrong, man? <laughs> what do we need to talk about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's unpack uh, this old box. Like, I feel like there's there's something bothering me. Why are you picking you odd job? Really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd pick Jaws. Do we have a list of all of the character names that were in the game? There. Let me see. I kind of I kind of have my top five. You know, like like lay them out on us real quick. I would be the go-to. You know, first of all, like you said earlier, it's got to be Bond. But number two. Is gonna be Xenia on the top for reasons that I've already disclosed. She can choke you out with her thighs. That's you, not you in the game, though. You ever see that at jujitsu? <laughs> like anyone ever put you in a thigh lock, son? Yeah, they call it a triangle. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I would love for on the top to triangle me. Oh my lord. I there's that one part in the movie I kind of thought like her and Bond were were I couldn't tell if they were fighting or getting it on, like and and then I figured out they were fighting later on. But I thought they were like in a, like a love embrace there for a second. Dude, she clamps down on him with them thighs and like his eyes bulge out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, who else? Who yeah, else? So number two, Xenia on the top will be be me, and then you know. I got to kind of identify with my man, you know, that, that, uh, he's like a ex KGB agent that, uh, Oh, uh, uh Dimitri Zakowski. Zakowski? No. What? Yeah. Yeah. Val- Valentin. Valentin. Zakowski. He's kind of got my kind of body and, and, um, I don't know. It's kind of like in the movie. I want to say he's kind of like somebody that bonds tangled, had a little bit of entanglement with in the past, but they're having to kind of work together in this movie. So, um, Yep. Yeah, I'd probably go there, you know, just because I like to be represented on TV or, or represented in the game. Uh, what what about uh, four and five? That's three three players. Who's four and five? Who's uh, your who's your your fourth and fifth favorite? You're not gonna mention old Boris Grushenko. <laughs> He's kind of a nerd. I, I had Jaws down there, and, and we're not. Five, and then I've got <laughs> 006 there that Alec. Uh, Tre, 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 how, how do you pronounce his name? Trevelyan. 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 Yeah, yeah. You got to go 006. I mean, he's kind of the bad, you know, bad dude in this one. They kind of fake his death and all that. But uh, um, yeah, I'd go with him. I think just because it kind of fits. But I'm gonna blow so my nose here real quick. If you can't find that PPK PPP seven or PP seven gun, what are you going to? The club is it? The club your first choice, other than the PP seven? I'm sorry, I got the sniffles. Um, 
RCP 90 all day. I loved that thing, man. <laughs> it's so fast. And you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a gun that's kind of, uh, continued on in other, I mean, plenty of weapons in, sh- in first person, first person shooter games have carried on, but the, the RCP 90 has carried on as well. In fact, even in, even yeah. in Warzone, we use it. It's, uh, but it's, it's the P 90 in Warzone. Not That's the same one we've been using recently, right? Yeah. Yep. As I journey into start a new character there. Oh, wow. Yeah, but real quick, just to name them off the characters real quick, at least some of the main ones. We've got James Bond himself, of course, as Chuck Tomahawk mentioned, Alec Trevelyan, which is the main Bond villain in the game and in the movie, or the antagonist, I think it's called. We've got Boris Grishenko, which is kind of like the nerdy computer dude. Um, and friend of uh, of the main lady, which is Natalia Simonova, very cute in the movie. She was um, like trapped. She had already been trapped by those Yanis folks, uh, as I understood it. Like, yeah, like they they, were, she they was in the helicopter. Her to be a scientist and and her and Bond kind of met in captivity there in that helicopter. The folks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, General Aramov, Doctor Doak, Dmitry Mishkin. Um, odd job, you know, bunch of, sure. yeah, a bunch of, uh, classic characters. Yeah. It's interesting that they kind of had, you know, the, the, the light, they felt like they had free reign with all the bond things as, and I understand it in the multiplayer at one point they had all the old bonds in there and had to take it out because maybe Sean Connery, uh, kind of preceded some sort of agreement that they had because of the older movies. Um, I don't know if the. I don't know. I, I saw stuff about it being kind of uh, <clears throat> something that Sean had mentioned, but then I, I think the larger dynamic with that was that um, is it EAC? There's a there's a larger parent company that owns the overall rights to the James Bond license, you know, mm-hmm. and they basically came in and were like, "Nah, sorry," because they added in all the James Bonds in the multiplayer, as you mentioned. Uh, and then when they finally, cause remember multiplayer was at the very end of the, of the stretch, like it was going to be a single player game. And then with that one guy in the team was like, no, let's make it multiplayer. And they started working on it super fast, um, showed everyone and everyone was like, this is dope. This is great. It's going to be amazing. But these folks, I don't know if it was EOC or EAC or maybe if it was MGM, but it was, you know, kind of those up, upper, upper uppers that were like, no, this is not okay, you can only use Pierce Brosnan. Take all the other people out. I can kind of see that, you know, just because, you know, there could be future games that that should solely be about them, and and it kind of surprises me that they let them keep Jaws and Oddjob, um, you know, since they're from other movies. Um, But, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yep. But um, see why they clamp down on that. But you know what exists out there somewhere? Is there? I read about there is a cartridge somewhere that still has all those bonds in there from the development. Well, yeah, yeah. See, it never I, went for sale or anything. I mean, there's only one well, somewhere. But. Do you remember how we talked about in cheat codes how the developers would include these things and instead of taking them out, they would just kind of like remove the the algorithm or remove the coding that would allow access. You know, they just mm-hmm. kind of like put a bandaid. I think that might be what's going on there. I think maybe those characters are still actually in the game. They're just not mm-hmm. accessible to the player. 
Yeah, I read I read some some things along that line. I actually want to say that. Did you see the thing about were, the ZX Spectrum emulator? Like there were a bunch of other games on this cartridge that yeah. they just disabled. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> like several games. That, <laughs> like the emu- uh, the ZX Spectrum emulators in there. Yeah, and I want to say like there's been some mods like patches that have been developed, you know, since that that allow people to access that. Uh, yeah, but. I mean, I'm having a hard time loading Warzone over here, so I like get my <laughs> graphics card updated, so I'm pretty sure I ain't going to pull that one off. But, uh, oh, goodness. Um, Man, so what else? There's just so much that we could really talk about here. Something that we didn't mention that's worthy of just a, a quick uh, minute is that, and we kind of talked about how the AI of the enemies in the game was innovative and the responses to being how they would be shot. You know, if you shot a guy in the head, he would move as if he had been shot in the head. If you shot him in the butt, he'd jump up and grab his butt, shot him in the leg, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But what we didn't mention was that the way that they achieved this was motion capture, bro. Like one of the very first motion capture setups mm-hmm. ever. I think it was actually, you're not, you're going to love this. The, the machinery that they used is called FOB. I'm talking about in the studios of Rare. When they, were, when they were using this motion capture equipment, the actual device was called an FOB, which stands, uh, uh, stands for Flock of Birds. That's the actual <laughs> name of the motion capture equipment, Flock of Birds. Really? Yeah. And it was very you know primitive tech at the time. I think one of the developers was talking about how he was like working on one game and then went onto the motion capture room to start working on the movements for GoldenEye. And that it was very difficult because the cables were very short and kind of like plugged into the wall. And that, you know, he was always like they were worried about like doing a move and then trying to stand up and choking themselves out with the cabling and stuff. <laughs> so, you know, that's huge. You know, that's that's it's just so big time for 1997, you know, pre Y2K. Innovative. Yeah. 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 Very innovative. And I, I, I think, um, man, I'm glad they put that work in. So am I, man. Yeah. So am I. So, I mean, what does this all mean? Like how many, like, I know that when the game released in 1997, they did very well. It released in August and they did sell a bunch of units, but then eight million. No, I don't think it was 8 million by the end of 1997. I, this is what I know. And then you can drop the numbers on us, Tomahawk. What I know is that, and this is from, again, researching this a little bit. I might be wrong, but what I found was is in 1997, they did very well in Christmas, got great numbers. And then in 1998, they surpassed those numbers greatly, sold a bunch of units. The game was starting to do really well. They had a really good advertisement. You know, they had really good commercials and publicity that really made you get that tickle of, man, I could be James Bond, like Mm -hmm. we were talking about. So (laughs) they did well in 1998. But then in 1999... They surpassed both 1997 and 1998 numbers combined, bro. Sold a ton of games, man. And it was, so, it was doing so well, in fact, that Nintendo was like, hey, why don't we just give 30 GoldenEye games to every blockbuster? That was another part. Oh, yeah. yeah, bro. That was another part of their advertising genius. <laughs> that is pretty slick, yeah. Blockbuster was... Dude, they there. It was the highest renting game for them in those years. There was it was never there. Did you ever go and try and rent block uh, rent Goldeneye from Blockbuster? Good luck, Tomahawk. 
<laughs> That's because I rented it once and never took it back. <laughs> Still got it. Uh, yeah. Next time you go to Blockbuster, you get a new account. <laughs> oh, man. You know, there's still one Blockbuster left, I think. I think it's in, you think it's in Oregon. Yeah, I think it? it's in Bend, Oregon, actually. Yeah. 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 I might be wrong, but anyways. Yeah. So no, I, I saw something just recently where one of these cartridges sold for like $1,200. Like there were some demo cartridges that were supposed to be sent back in at some point. I want to say that, that uh, you know, one of them is this video. I think it was a TikTok video was saying that this one had to survive the trash somewhere. But uh, yeah, it just recently sold on eBay for like $1,200. There's a demo cart out there somewhere. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. And it just goes to show, you know, there's the, the game is still, uh, it's still in the, the game verse 24 years later. People want to play it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I guess as, as we're really unpacking this and, and I think about things, uh, it's probably not fair and it's tough to compare like for best video game ever, but uh, best first person shooter ever, I think is, is a fair category. Um, you know, I do feel like some games just sort of have, you know, I'm going to use Pac-Man as an example. Like, like we could go ask anybody then like non-gamers or people that have never played a video game what Pac-Man is. And I think they would still say that's a video game. And maybe it's, you know, achieved some sort of notoriety that uh, those same people wouldn't know what GoldenEye 007 on the N64 all meant. But uh, um, Well, a lot of folks would be like, know, oh, that's a movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, James Bond and that kind of thing. So so yeah, I think if we if we narrow down a little bit and, and and we ask that question, is this the best first person shooter ever? And we think about that definition of 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 best. Um you well, know, being the most excellent, effective or desirable type or quality. And what does a video game set out to do? Man, when it's made. You're getting all sophisticated on me, Tomahawk. I love it, dude. Keep going, yeah, keep going. So what what's your answer, man? I mean, what 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 is what is what have we found? Well, look, this is the thing. The game holds a spot in my heart. And you know, for us not to talk about Goldeneye on this podcast, where we like to talk about, you know nostalgic games and things of the past and how they've evolved and created the gaming experiences of today i think this is the best game excuse me the best first person shooter or, or best multiplayer shooter or best shooter in general of all time in the sense of what it brought to the table this thing mm-hmm. this brought this game brought so much to the table opening so many doors to future shooter games that in that specific regard of, hey, what did you bring to the table? GoldenEye 007 brought it all, baby. It brought it all. I feel like it brought the the table. And it brought the the table for the console. That's a huge point. We're not talking about PC gaming or, um, you know, I guess we'll just, you know, versus PC gaming. Console... Console didn't have that yet. Console didn't have a first-person shooter that like that um, had a huge impact on the world 
And that's what GoldenEye 007 did for console. It, it, it showed the world that, hey, you can have an addictive, replayable, 100 times over, repurchasable video game on console, first-person shooter. Yes, you can. And, and, that, yeah. and it, lay, it paved the way for, for future games on console. And better yet, I'll give you a huge example. Rare was purchased by Microsoft. And GoldenEye 007 was a tremendous inspiration for a little franchise that we later got to, that was later presented to us by Microsoft. You know what little franchise Halo. that was? Halo. Halo, baby. Master Chief yeah. in the house, y'all. Yeah. Mm. El jefe maestro, perro. So we got the Ojo Dorado and the Jefe Maestro, you know, uh -huh. like Goldeneye and, and yeah. Master Chief. A little bit of that Ojo Dorado, Goldeneye, Ooh. you know what I'm saying? Ugarto Rodilla. Ugarto Rodilla. Play all day. That's right, Chuck D. Praise God, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so so in in my opinion ovox me as a person that really loved the game and yeah i'm certainly a little biased but i'm also you know i love playing other games i play on pc i play on playstation uh and i, I try to be as objective as possible is it the best shooter of all time no certainly not the graphics do not hold up today the game is played on a controller that only has one analog stick. Uh, you know, there's other aspects as well. Does it hold up in the technical, graphical uh, aspects? Negative. It does not. Does it hold up as an addictive, replayable, extremely guaranteed fun time all day? Greatest of all time. But yeah, again, and, and in the sense that it, it opened up so many doors and paved the way for so many future games. Yes, it was the greatest of all time in that regard. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Yeah, I, Do you I think you've nailed it. I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm tempted for discussion purposes to sort of play devil's advocate here, but I, I don't know. Devil me up, baby. In this case. Devil, no, devil me up. I, I I think you you hit on something there that that maybe we didn't unpack there earlier as as far as the um, the the it it being the first one on the console like bringing this concept to the console yeah because um, Doom you know, improving Doom was on PC yeah Quake and and those other things were being played on PC so Half Life um, yeah so. You know, I, I think that, that that's an important point there, and, and it laid the groundwork, like you said, for, um, you know, the, all of a sudden this uh, Microsoft purchasing it and, 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 you know, pushing towards Halo, and then we've all sure put some money into that, and, and they've reaped some benefits. So, yeah, I, you know, and when I'm thinking of, of you know, the that definition of best and, and what this game did for me and, and comparing that to other first person shooters. Um, I don't know that the quality, like you said, some of the things don't hold up, but as far as, as, 
if I put it, especially if I put a time for its time qualifier oh, yeah. in there, hundred um, percent. You know, I, I I say, you know, hands down, it's 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 the best ever. Um, so, dude, yeah, I'm gonna say that it, it it you know for its time, like like it doesn't hold up, but you know that kind of yeah. I want to finish this point and just say, I I say that it for me and my experience, it has been one of the best, if not the best first person shooters that ever existed, period. Um, Gosh. You know, for, for reasons that, that we've disclosed. Um, Moment of silence. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, what, 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 what I kind of want to hit here, you know, now that um, we've answered that, and, and one thing that we talked that, that, that we would say is that this this new remastered version of this, you know, and these new versions that are coming out, if if they fill some of these holes, if we're playing with that, you know, two analog sticks and it has an online multiplayer and um, and such, what about then? <laughs> well, you know, and, we definitely want to touch on that. As a as a segue to wrap up this episode, but do you happen to have n- any numbers, Tomahawk? Just to kind of wrap a number around what we're talking about and just how amazing this game was. You know, it kind of went in phases, like like you you'd kind of shared with us there earlier. I think there, you know, nineteen ninety by nineteen ninety eight, it had sold a couple million copies, and then by two thousand one, it had sold seven million more for a total of around eight million copies uh you know eight, eight and some change there obviously and uh so aye, aye, know, that's aye. a lot of human beings right there son uh, i mean si senor <laughs> si senor you know good memories for all of us all sides of the pond and um yeah well all sides of the James pond bond. hey i got a fun fact for you you mentioned that pond there did you know that mm. james bond excuse me goldeneye 007 was banned in germany Banned, bro. I saw they did some kind of mod to this game for for in Germany, didn't they? Um, well, all I know is that Germany's got a list of like what is kind of just known as content that's harmful for youth. And and don't uh-huh. don't quote me on this. Uh, you know, I certainly don't know the ins and outs of of the legalities of this in Germany, and I've never even been to Germany. But um, what I noticed and I spotted online was that speaking of remastered versions that uh it had recently been lifted the ban on 007 had been lifted in germany and the hype and cloud around it was was that they had lifted it all of because that they're about to release the remastered version of goldeneye 007 so i saw that and i'm like well wait a minute if it got lifted that means it was banned at some point mm-hmm. and sh- and sure enough man golden uh goldeneye 007 was banned in um, in Germany, that means that they weren't allowed to sell it, and it wasn't allowed to be advertised. Period. I saw like right before it came out, there there were some kind of mods that had to be made for for certain locations, and the, there was some specific part of the campaign that had to be taken out, or, or that didn't exist. One of the maybe the objectives didn't exist because of, of something, and also like kind of at the end of the game where they show the characters alive again, almost like in a like taking a bow after a movie sense was to kind of, you know, just say, Hey, this was all sort of a, a production and a film, a play of sorts. That, yeah. You know, the, I think all, nobody's dead. Like, <laughs> I think <laughs> it was the head of Nintendo that had asked for that. Mm-hmm. And, and it didn't make a whole bunch of sense to me because uh, they, it, he, 
the, the argument was is like, hey, this is kind of not what Nintendo's all about. We're kind of like a little bit more conservative over here at Nintendo and what we you know, that mm-hmm. this game is great and all, but we would like to have like an end scene where everyone's like shaking hands or like kumbayaing <laughs> and stuff. And that yeah. obviously didn't happen. But I gotta admit the end scene, man, where James Bond and Natalia are just like making out, that's kind of a weird <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, you know, <laughs> sucking face for like 30 minutes at the end of the game. Kind of strange. Yeah. But, oh, no, I was going to mention something, Tomahawk. I was going to mention something, and I forgot what it was. Uh, it wasn't... Oh, another thing was that that they took out was the game was originally going to be a lot more gory. There was going to be a lot more blood. Mm. Instead of just like red stains where you shoot the character, there was going to be a lot mm. more blood. But I'm kind of confused with that as well because Turok... Dinosaur Hunter came out, I think, like five or six months before, like in February of 1997. And man, in that game, if you like, if you nail someone with a arrow or with a pistol or something, dude, the guy literally goes like, oh, 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 and all this blood just gushes out of his neck, and it's like, oh. you know, I'm just like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Because like, yeah, or maybe that's why they decided yeah. they didn't want James Bond to be like that. You know, they didn't want it to be like too gory. I don't know, but yeah, I thought it was they've funny. gone down this road a few times, like trying to make you know sort of a tie-in with video games and violence and and you know blood and gore being taken out of uh, you know games like we talked about the Mortal Kombat codes. You know, to get it back in there. You know, in a time not time period not very far past this one so yeah um, you can imagine there in 1997 that was kind of a big deal and um you know it's okay for us to watch it in the movie like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know uh, you know i i, I don't know the lethal I, weapon I, I here and there and it's all good yeah <laughs> i don't necessarily see those tie-ins like, like super tight but um yeah well you know, maybe erring on the side of caution makes sense and if um you know taking something out to to get the game into those uh those folks in germany's hands uh you know makes sense i guess the game did amazing it it really just it just had a huge impact on the gaming world it opened up doors it it, it's a milestone in history of gaming that's for sure it was as tomahawk mentioned top three i saw places where it was top two even defeating mario kart in all-time best-selling video game for Nintendo's fifth-generation console, which was the Nintendo 64, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was the fifth generation. So the, the game, you know, we can keep saying this in different ways, but ultimately, at the end of the day, what we're trying to say is this game was huge, and it mm. did extremely well, and it did great things. So much so that, uh, you know, we're not going to get into the story and the ins and outs of how the licensing and intellectual property moved around from, you know, Rare to Microsoft to EA to Activision to all these different, you know, uh, released on PlayStation, released on Wii. I th- uh, but we do need to kind of mention, because it is big time, and I think it's certainly something we're going to get involved in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how, but we're going to do this is... Back in, I think it was 2008, might have been 2010, I might be wrong, but they were remastering this game to be released on Microsoft Xbox 360 Arcade back then. The game was basically done, bro. It was fully remastered. It looks amazing. In fact, you can go on YouTube right now and type in something to that lines or effects and you'll find it. It's 
uh, I don't remember the name of the YouTuber, but it's on there. You can find it. And it looks amazing. So they basically remastered all of 007. It's ready to rock and roll. And then because of licensing hubbub and issues and all that, um, I think it was MGM or EOC or EAC. I don't remember the name of the company up at the top. But again, someone came in at the end of the day and was just like, no, sorry. So there was no agreement and it got scrapped. But in recent weeks, we've gotten some news. You want to touch on that news, Tomahawk? Yeah, I hear, what is it? Uh, you hear rumors across tomorrow, the grapevine? June 12th. That possibly sort of almost like a little shadow release here of something coming out for the Xbox Live Arcade. That, uh, yeah, they're going to just, I think some achievements have shown up like in places that uh, folks can get to them. And, and it kind of shows that obviously something's coming. And Because uh, that's a huge thing. Name. If if Microsoft yeah. published achievement library, an achievement catalog for a game, oh, sorry, little burp there, for a game. I mean, that's got to mean some seriousness, right? Yeah, and it's already up in there. I think this has been leaked a couple times, I want to say, you know, maybe even by the same guy that, that was the source for this one, um, you know, which is, is sort of a counterpoint to, you know, maybe it's not as, as immediate as we think. But uh, I want to say there's, uh, what is it, something going on there in Bethesda? Um, well, they're going to have a, you know how the companies have kind of like uh, conventions or, or shows where they kind of announce what they're up to, what they're getting into. Uh, the PlayStation one, I think was like a week or two ago called state of play. And now, mm. um, Xbox Bethesda is having their showcase. Uh, yeah. So yeah, a word on the street, they may be dropping this thing. Man, the, the word on the calle, <laughs> la palabra en la calle, pero es, is that they're going to be announcing it tomorrow, man. And it, and I don't know if it's going to be a main announcement or just like a shadow announce. Yeah, a shadow drop type of thing announcement. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the big YouTubers um, are talk, are saying that it's going to be mentioned. Like they're going to flat out just be like, mm -hmm. yo, GoldenEye's back. Yeah. And, and, and again, this isn't a re-envisioning like Reloaded was. This isn't like a spin-off like James Bond Racing or whatever the name of that other GoldenEye Racer or something where you just drive cars around. This isn't Tomorrow Never Dies released on PlayStation. This is GoldenEye 007, the Nintendo 64 version, remastered with fresh textures, 60 frames per second, going to be released on a dual analog Xbox controller. Two analog sticks for our two thumbs. Beautiful. And it's going to be available on, well, it sounds like the new Xbox platform, which I, I've lost track of the names of them all, but it's going to be in their live arcade, it sounds like. Is it going to have online multiplayer? Of course, man. It's got to. Why would they do that? Oh, my Lord. It's not like, it's not like gaming companies, you know, never make mistakes. Tomahawk. God. <laughs> <laughs> No, sir. <laughs> They're always no, right. Sir. <laughs> they never make mistakes. No, they never no. cash grab. There's no cheaters in this game. <laughs> you know? Like, um, yeah. I'm well man. I, I feel like I see this kind of feeling a role for me, like like, you know, let's say we've had a few rounds of war zone and maybe things aren't going our way or we just won, you know, several in a row and wanna quit on a high note and say, you know, let's let's switch over there and you know, do a little little change. Get up a little here vintage. And, uh, yeah, go a little retro. You know, 
get that like you said rockets only yeah slappers only <laughs> slappers only <laughs> <laughs> judy chopping and some few people <laughs> come with chopping that ass <laughs> yeah where are you the on the top motion <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, get my dime on Dave on there. Look, so yeah, I think what we're gonna see here is kind of like a repeat of something that happened back in the '90s, late '90s, when the game came out. Was just a bunch of people going, "Damn, I really want to play this game, but I don't have a Nintendo 64." Right. So that's kind of gonna happen again yeah. here. I think a little bit. Um, Xbox. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I still haven't been I, able to get a PlayStation Five yet because of all the. You know, scalping and sh- uh, what is it? Shipping issues or I don't know. You know, I mean, they're out there, but they're kind of spendy, you know. And there's an app, too, that I have something, you know, where I've accessed a few games, uh, you know, Microsoft Xbox games on, on my computer. I want to say that's how I've got to the newest Battletoad. So I'll have to do a little research on that and see if, um, you know, there's a way to get to that Xbox Live uh arcade content from from pc i wonder um yeah well we'll have to see how that plays out i mean this is we're literally uh in fact we're recording this on saturday the 11th try and get this published on the day of the announcement so we'll see what happens tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on the day of its release uh if i'm able to get it out tomorrow i'll do my best fingers crossed fingers crossed dedos cruzados way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> actually you know fingers crossed in spanish isn't actually like a direct translation of fingers crossed they call it little monkeys little monkeys changuitos it means it means the same thing though like yeah like, like good like luck or, or like hoping for something yeah. and they're like what they say yeah. voy a hacer changuitos <laughs> like, little mon- okay uh Simon way. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like they put those in there to make it hard for me to learn. Oh, your Spanish is great. I love your Spanish, yeah. Chuck Tomahawk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See? Me llamo es Chuck Tomahawk. <laughs> Me llamo es. <laughs> no, all you have to say, oh, no, I don't want to say, I don't want to tell you how to say it right, because then you're not going to say it yeah. like that anymore. And it's, you know, I'm yeah, just gonna, it's more fun. For it's perfect, Chuck. It's perfect. Man. Perfect. Um, <laughs> man, there's so much about this topic. I feel like we're forgetting something. Um, is there anything on your mind that we haven't touched on? Uh, let me double check my notes here as, as, uh, as we're thinking about it. I think... Um, yeah, you know, just those new releases coming out. Yeah, we got to keep uh, an eye on them. Yeah, I think we... Yeah. And and I'd love to see, you know, more of this. Like, I don't understand why, like, as these new Bond movies come, like, there's not a game like this every time uh, to some degree. Just, um, yeah, man, I mean, just looking at the research, it just seems like there's a lot of heads butting in regard to the intellectual property. You know, everyone wants to get their, their piece of that pie, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They want to get yeah. a piece of that uh, of that green pie, baby. So other than that, is I just need to know where Xenia on the top is at now. <laughs> How can I get in touch? I can get on the bottom of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it PG yeah. for the younger listeners. <laughs> Not that they ain't yeah. out there doing crazy, you know. Yeah. You know behave yourselves out yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything I want to say is, uh, if you've never played GoldenEye 007, regardless of your age, 
and you have an opportunity to play it or you have a friend that has a Nintendo 64 stashed away that maybe you can plug that bad boy in, uh, which probably might be a challenge in itself these days with the TVs and how advanced they are. But if you have any opportunity or way to play the original GoldenEye 007 on a Nintendo 64, just give it a shot. I guarantee you can do it with your buddies. You'll have a great time. No, it's not going to be the amazing quality of uh, Warzone or Call of Duty or Battlefield 1 or any of these, you know, Fortnite. No, nothing even close. But at the very least, you'll kind of have a opportunity to see the beginnings of those first-person shooters that you love. Certainly Halo at the very least, because we know that Halo was greatly inspired, um, according to this research, by GoldenEye007. So... Yeah, that's all. I think you should check it out if you haven't played it before. Or, you know, we'll see what the announcement is tomorrow. And if you have an Xbox, maybe you'll have access to the remastered version sooner than later. And, hell, just play that one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> play that one, man. Yeah. With that Xbox controller. Oh, damn. Mm, them double sticks, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, especially if there's, like, some friends over for a party and you can convince everyone to jump on that old Nintendo 64 and just know that, you know, on Amazon, you can get a, uh, I think it's RCA to HDMI adapter to kind of make that happen if it, if your TV doesn't have those, Damn, there those we go. hookups these days. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a level playing ground. If you're all for, you know, playing in there, yeah, we don't have those advancements of the newest game, but everybody's having to struggle with the same uh, situation there. And, yeah, it's fun to see. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's worth your time. Yeah, be, yeah, and just be, be mindful, uh, you know, you want to make sure you're playing with people you care about and love and that you're not, you're not going to lose a relationship over a video game with, you know what I'm saying? Or a tooth or some arm hair. Who knows? You know, shit. Uh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, is there anything else? Tomahawk? I think we've covered it all, man. I think that covers it, man. We got, uh, we got some games to play today. So fellow gamers out there, if there's anything that you're screaming into the speakers right now, go, you didn't talk about this, you didn't talk about that, please hit us up. Let us know what we missed. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the game, your best memories. You can hit us up via email. You can hit us up on Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please uh, you know, like us, review us, star us. We, uh, we depend on you, the listeners, to get out there to more folks and more gamers. Hopefully... Uh, this thing will keep on uh, growing little by little. And we're very, very grateful for uh, for our, our crowd out there that's been tuning in for every episode. We love you guys and gals. Yeah. And I love you, Chuck Tomahawk. No homo. Love you too, <laughs> <laughs> Peace and love to you and everyone. Yeah. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>